Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. We're going through the book of Philippians, which is an amazing letter in the New Testament written by a guy called Paul. And uh, he was on mission. He was, uh, he was going to reach some of the, best, the biggest and best influences. He was on his way to basically like the capital city of the world, Rome. And then he found himself in this really awful position, really. He'd got beaten up a few times and put in prison. And then he wrote this letter to another church, basically just encouraging him on the mission and giving him some tips and tools on how to stay true and how to stay focused and how to stay on that mission and Whilst you're doing all that, get, get the kind of tasty little kickback that is the significance and security and satisfaction that every one of us so desire in our hearts as humans. So I'm going to take this massive jump this morning from Philippians 1 to Philippians 2. Can you handle that? It's, it's a whole page turn, unless you use an iPad, in which case you just scroll it up a little bit. But you get there. And I want to talk from uh, really about loving people. If you've been around global any length of time, you'll know that that's one of our uh, key values. And being that I'm, you know, the expert communicator that I am, I thought loving people, Valentine's Day, that was a joke. I actually forgot Valentine's Day twice. And then this morning, <laughs> it was only when Lorna mentioned it. I was like, oh yeah, it was Valentine's Day. That's why we went out for a meal that I forgot about. And then I bought presents that I forgot to buy. And cut. Anyway. Sorry, Nick. Um, I want to call this message a breath of fresh air. And uh, you are custom designed to be a breath of fresh air wherever you go. And, uh, and that doesn't mean by any stretch that you have to have it all together or all figured out or you have to be the perfect person, that you have to be this like creme de la creme human who can just kind of, gl- they don't walk, they glide. In fact, they float into places and bless everyone around them and have the right word. You don't have to be any of that. And today I want to look at basically how Paul says, if you just have the same mindset of Christ, if you just think the way Christ did, you will be a breath of fresh air for everyone around you. And, Just so you know that this isn't like life according to Matt, because believe me, you do not want that. (laughs) Um, It says this in Philippians 2, 14 to 16. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so I'll have a good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. A breath of fresh air in this polluted world. I don't know about you, but I love it when you get out and you, you get away from where all the buildings are and all the people are and all the cars are and all that everything is. And you just get into somewhere where it's just you in that moment. And you take that massive deep breath in of fresh air. And when you exhale, all the problems that have been buzzing around in your mind and all the thoughts that have been plaguing you and all the situations that have been trying to squash you down and everything just seems to dissolve in that moment, right? It could be like, I don't know, on the beach for some of you. It could be looking up at a night sky. It could be wherever, but we all have that thing where when you take that big, deep breath of fresh air and then you exhale, you think, I can go again. I've got hope. I can can see light at the end of the tunnel. And what an awesome picture that Paul paints that every single one of us, when we step out into that world, into a world where people are polluted by and, and plagued by all the mistakes that they've made and all the guilt that they feel and all the confusion about today and tomorrow, that when they meet somebody like you, 
just a moment in your presence because you're thinking like Christ and you've got Christ's heart on the inside. When they exhale, when they breathe out after being with you, they have hope for tomorrow. And they have peace about their situation. You haven't answered all their questions. You haven't given them all the right answers and every single next step that they need to take. But just by being around you, just by you acting the way that Christ acted, they can breathe out and think, I can go again. I've got peace in life. I've got hope in life. And do you know what? I want to find out why they've got it permanently. Because what I've just experienced in a moment, I want all the time. Now, I want to just take a quick step back. I am going to read the portion of Scripture that Seth read, but just if you don't know who I am, my name's Matt. I grew up on uh, the rough streets of a place called Twizzle. That's real. It's not from, like, Harry Potter, like loads of people think. And uh, I basically grew up in two places. One of them was a fruit and vegetable stall that my family owned, and the other one was church. And um, I was really, really, really lucky to be a kid like Shelley who got taken to church. My mum and dad became Christians about four weeks before I was born at a mission that Dave Shaw was preaching at. And, um, and every single week since, they took us to church. It was a, it was a total non-negotiable in my family, and I'm so grateful for it. But I remember the exact moment where Christianity all started becoming real for me. And it was in Manchester. It was at the Apollo Theater. And there was a guy called Andy Hawthorne who runs this amazing thing called the Message Trust. He got up on stage in the middle of this thing called Planet Life. It was like this huge, big Christian concert, and they had bands. And at one point, they had Jonathan Edwards talking. Is it Jonathan Edwards talking about how far he can jump? And uh, it was really weird. I don't really know why. They got a tape measure out. I didn't get that bit. But he got up, and in this thick, like, Manchester accent, spoke out the same scripture that that, um, Seth spoke out. And I remember in that moment thinking, it's real. It's, it's not just for my mum and dad. <laughs> it's not for my grandma and granddad. This, this thing is for me as well. So I'm going to read it to you, and, and hopefully the more you hear it today, it'll, something will resonate with you. And don't worry, I'm not going to try and put a Manchester accent on because I'm not good at those. But it says, In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather... He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, and that that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Boom. Like, I could finish there. I could, just, I could just read that a few more times, roughly try and explain it the way Seth just explained it, and then we could all go home with enough to think about and enough to change everything on the inside of us. That Jesus Christ, like God himself, saw every one of us and saw every person out there and every person who has existed and every person who will exist and thought, I love them too much to leave them that way. So I'm going to humble myself and then re-humble myself. I'm not just going to be like, come down and be like a good teacher. I'm not just going to be a good person. I'm going to be a servant. And then I'm going to humble myself again to the point of dying for them, then rising again for them so that they can rise again. And that forever and ever and ever, every single one who's ever lived has the opportunity to join in that same thing for the whole of eternity with our knees bowed and every tongue confessing that he's Lord. That's amazing. That's unreal. 
But I don't want to focus quite on that bit. <laughs> I want to focus on being a breath of fresh air. Because how do we take that out without screaming in people's faces? Because if you go out and do what I just did to you, people are going to be real freaked out. <laughs> if you go into your workplace on Monday morning and start going, Jesus is really good. Matt told me if I shout really loud, then I won't shout anymore. But if you do that, it's only going to put people off. So how do we be that breath of fresh air? And it's all summed up in that one sentence. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So if you want the keys today to be in that breath of fresh air, if you want to be that person in your workplace or in your student hall or in your street or in your home or in your dinner party, where when you walk in, everyone takes that deep breath and then goes, I can go again. This is exactly how you do it. First point, be a breath of fresh air. Don't consider position. It says this, being in very nature God, he did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Like it's worth at this point just reiterating. And believe me, I do not have the understanding, the knowledge. Um, I haven't studied long and hard enough to be able to fully explain this to you. But the simple truth is that Jesus is God. Like he is God. So that's the level at which, I don't know, it's way higher than that. But <laughs> he sits at the level of God, like creator of everything. That's that, he, he was the word in the beginning. We won't get, you get it, right? He's awesome. So for him to step down to becoming a human and a servant and someone willing to die for us is like unreal. He's gone from like complete and utter divinity, like living in heaven, being, being in heaven and coming down for every single one of us and every single out there. He chose to abandon that position. He didn't cling to it. It says that he didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own ad advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. Nothing. He abandoned. He didn't even consider position. He just abandoned it. And if we want to be a breath of fresh air, if you want to be a breath of fresh air for the people around you, the first key is to not consider position. Not con just abandon it. Abandon the position that you think that you've got. So I think it was Sam or someone over the last couple of weeks said this amazing thing that's been blowing my mind ever since, that God sets you apart, but he doesn't set you above. When he saves you, he doesn't like save you to this like holy, righteous person who now instantly has every single answer. I don't. <laughs> I definitely don't have every single answer, but I do have the one answer that answers all the questions that I do have, and that's, that's him. And if I can give people a taste of that, if I can abandon my position long enough and just help people, just be that breath of fresh air for people, then maybe, just maybe, they'll get that taste and that glimpse of God and want to know more. So where do we have position? Could be with our colleagues. It should hopefully be with our kids. <laughs> Could be with our partners, our friends, our dinner party. All of us at some point in life find ourselves in a position where we have a position, whether that's above someone or alongside them or even below them. There's multiple reasons or multiple positions why you might feel like you can't just serve and love people. 
Well, I mean, what does it sound like? Let's go there first. Like, what does it sound like in this polluted world, as Paul talks about, when people use position? Well, I've picked, there's probably a multitude of ways that it sounds like, but I've picked three, just to give us a bit of an example. The first one is that person who constantly talks about how good they're doing. We all know that. We've all met that person, right? Like the person who's doing really well and their partner's doing really well and their kids are doing really well and they've just got a promotion and a new car. They've just bought house number two, three, four, or five. They're doing really well and they don't take a breath to allow you to speak about maybe what's going on in your world. <laughs> they just tell you how good everything's going. They use that position of being like everything going really well in their life to not be a breath of fresh air for you. Then there's the, the second tier of people, if you will, who kind of operate on a like, seemingly eternal favor-based system where they're perfectly willing to change their position to help someone, but you know and everyone knows that while they're doing that, they're banking up every single good thing that they've done for everybody else. So that, like little guilty bargaining chips that they can pull out at any given time. Do you remember when? Do you remember when? Do you remember when I did that for you? Do you remember that time? Do you remember this time when I lent you this or I did this for you? Then there's the other people who are like, another type who's like willing to help from a position of like, I read this, I saw this, I've heard this, maybe you should try this. But they don't want to like get down into the depths of your life with you. They just want to give you some advice that maybe someone told them or maybe they read in a magazine or in a book or whatever. And they don't want to abandon that position of like, being up there and being the one with the answers to actually come and see and figuring out if that works. And imagine if Jesus was any one of those people. Just for a second, like humor me a little bit, but imagine if Jesus was like the first person who came down from heaven only to exclusively talk about how good he was and how well he was doing. Like literally appeared one day and said, so my name's Jesus. Um, there's been this like ping pong tournament up in heaven for a while now and no angel has even got anywhere close to how good I am. I'm really good. And the other day in heaven, I had to sack the worship leader because he was all right, but he'll never be as good as me. And, uh, and, <laughs> and there's these guys like building things in heaven. It was really cute, but I had to get rid of them as well because I'm really good. I'm like, I was great at all them things. Or maybe he was like, imagine he was like the second one, right? Perfectly willing to help people but with this list of conditions to like pay him back. So imagine like he, he found someone who needed healing and he said, like, I will heal you, but, but in the future, you've got all your life to pay me back, but you do have to give me 51 prayers, a good word down the pub with your pals, a complete Bible plan, and at least three tears during next year's worship service, and then, then I'll heal you. Or if you promise, sign on the line, then, then we'll do it. Or, or maybe a third one, like a Jesus who's willing to help, but from this like eternally, this like unattainable sense of superiority and perfection. Like he's up there and he's like, you could try this with like no like steps one to ten. Just like the, the level ten wisdom to get you out of that particular problem that you're in without any hope of ever being able to do it or anything. Like none of those would be a breath of fresh air, would they? Like none of those would have been a good thing. I'm so grateful that Jesus isn't like that. Jesus, for me and you, abandoned that place of perfection, superiority, like that position that he had to come into every single one of our lives, to be that breath of fresh air and lead us out into the next steps of our journey. And you can be that. 
You can be that person for the people around you. You can be that breath of fresh air, as long as you're not one of those three people, <laughs> which is really difficult to do, right? Like the first person, if you're that person who's like, the person who's like constantly talking about how well everything's going for you in the hope that maybe you inspire someone to also do well, that's like if you're being really good. But most of the time, it's just like me talking about how good you are and how well you're getting on and how good everything's going. Maybe try being interested, not interesting. <laughs> That'll be a real breath of fresh air. Because <laughs> we, we all live our lives surrounded by people who want to constantly talk about themselves. And I guarantee it's like the most simplest of tweaks. But if you walk into your workplace or life, wherever it is, and just be interested in people, that'll be a massive breath of fresh air. If you're like that second person who's willing to help, but always counting the favor back so that you can like, claim it back at some time, why don't you just tear up that list of what you've done for everybody else and just help them without condition? Because not only will you be more free in that moment, but they'll be totally free to actually enjoy the moment because they won't be thinking, I'm going to have to repay this back at some time. Like, I can't ask that person to come and help me decorate because they'll definitely remind me of it constantly <laughs> until I come round to theirs and do the same. And finally, if you're that person, number three, who's like, who willing to help from a distance, enter in. Just enter. You know, we've been talking about going all in. Go all into people's lives. Like, really actually get to know them. Really actually figure out what's going on in the world. Stop trying to, like, give loose, vague advice based on, like, the thing that they're telling you and actually get to know the thing that's really hurting them and walk them through that. Imagine if there was someone in the world of the people you do life with who forgets about their position and dives down to pick people up, puts their arms around people as they walk together out of the painful situation they're in, or even stoops down low enough to give someone the boost that they can't give themselves. And then imagine that that person's you. Because that's what you're designed to be. You're designed to be that breath of fresh air as long as you have the same mindset of Christ and don't think about position. Just think about loving people. The second point is be a breath of fresh air. Serve until you can't serve somebody anymore, then serve them some more. It says... And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Like, literally, thank God that Jesus didn't just stop by serving people. Because he still, he could have just been a man. Like, he could have just been a good teacher. He could have come as a reminder of the law. Or even better, he could have done all of the stuff in the three years before he got to the cross. He could have walked around healing people. He could have walked around like giving people hope, setting people free, like telling people that, that people that their past doesn't count anymore. He could have done that. And he would have been an amazing person. He would have been a breath of fresh air. But thank God he didn't just stop in that moment. That he served, then he served, then he served. He got to the point where he didn't think he could serve anymore. It, it says that like the night before he got arrested, or the night of being arrested, to go to the cross, it says... Going a little ahead, he fell on his face, praying, My father, is there any way? Get me out of this. But please, not what I want. What do you want? He then left a second time. Again, he prayed, Father, if there's no other way than this, drinking this cup to the dregs, I'm ready. Do it your way. Like, he literally got to the point where he'd served and served and served and served. And then he got to the point, or if you want to change it to the more the value. He loved people, then he loved people, then he loved people, then he loved people. And he got to the point where he genuinely was on the inside thinking, I cannot love people anymore. And then bypassed it 
and love people some more, like the best he'd ever done it. How much of a breath of fresh air would you be in your workplace or your street or your dinner party if you had that same mindset of Christ where it's like there is nothing you can do, there's nothing you can say, there's, nothing, there's no action you can take, there's no amount of times you can ignore my good advice that's directly from the Bible that I learned from church and you're still choosing to ignore it. I'm just going to love you even still. I'm just going to keep on loving people. That would be like the ultimate breath of fresh air. And every one of us, we have something on the inside. There's, there's always like a little thing on the inside that stops us from serving and serving and serving or loving people and loving people and loving people. And it's, it's usually a little bit different for every one of us. So it could be pride, thinking I don't want to stoop down to that low or be associated with that person again. Pride on the inside. It could be fear. What if I go all out for them? What if I like really love them? What if I go to a whole new level of loving them and they just throw it all back in my face? It could be intimidation. How could little old me love someone as amazing as that? They've got it all together. They've got everything going on. Their kids are perfect. They've got an amazing house. They're getting promoted. How could I possibly love and serve that person? It could be motivation. Like probably the most bitter pill to swallow, but I just can't be bothered loving people. I'm quite happy to just be a breath of fresh air for me and maybe my wife and occasionally my child. But other than that, no, I'm good. It could be rejection. I've tried loving people before. I've tried serving people before and they just pushed me away. They didn't want it. Whatever it is that stops you, whatever it is that stops you from serving and loving people again and again and again, to be that breath of fresh air that you're designed to be, to be that good news, that example of God in your situation, you've got to find whatever that thing is and just kill it. (laughs) Be really, really brutal. And I know you're all asking, even though you're being silent, how? How do I know what it is? How do I find it and how do I kill it? Well, Whatever it is, it'll always be wrapped up around this little word called me. (laughs) Not Matt, although it is for me. It's Matt for me. But for you, it's you. Whatever that one... You see, Jesus was totally selfish. You could see in that moment, he was like, "I, I just don't think I can carry on going, but whatever you want. Whatever you say, I'll do. Wherever you point, I'll go. And whatever it is for us, It'll always be wrapped up around me. Like, I'm scared. I think I'm going to get rejected. How can I help that person? I can't be bothered. Once you remove that thing of I, or that thing of me, you'll find it so much easier to love people, love people, love people, and then love people some more. We've said this a million times in Global, but real servants, people who truly love people, don't think less of themselves, but think of themselves less. That's beautiful. If you've ever been around that person who's just like, they're so confident in who, they seem to be so confident in who they are, but they're not wrapped up in it. They're always thinking about somebody else. Like always, they are a breath of fresh air. Paul puts it like this just before um, the scripture that I read. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Ouch. Like, believe me, I know this is painful to hear. I know this is difficult to hear, but forgetting about ourselves long enough to help somebody else is not a one-time thing. 
It's like a constant thing. So when you've loved someone, you've forgot about yourself long enough to help them. But then you have to do it again and again and again. And that's how you are, that breath of fresh air in people's lives that you designed and called to be. I'm going to move on to my last point, but I just want to throw this quote up. It's by a guy called John Wesley, who's one of the main pioneers of the church in England. How's this for a mantra for being the breath of fresh air that you're designed to be? Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Flip me. I want someone like that in my life. <laughs> I, I hope that maybe I become that person. But I really want that person in my world. Imagine if you had somebody who at all times was doing all the good they could, by all the means they could, in all the ways they could, in every place that they could, at all the times they could, to everyone they possibly could, as long as they ever could. They would be like the biggest breath of fresh air to the community they're within. And that's who you're designed to be. And all it needs is a change of mindset. Change your mindset to become more like Christ. Here's my third point and last one. Be a breath of fresh air. Serve knowing who is watching. It says this, Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. Obviously the amazing news of the gospel is that Jesus didn't stay in the grave. Like he didn't stay there, he rose again and that means that you can do the exact same thing, that you can rise again with a second chance and power on the inside to go on living this brand new life that he's claimed for you. But Paul doesn't really focus on that too much in this moment. He actually takes it from a, a slightly different thing. And his message is this, when we're willing to give ourselves to love people constantly, we're freed from the ambition of looking out for ourselves all the time. Like it says, God exalted Jesus. God exalted him to the highest place. And Jesus seemed to live with this constant mindset of, I can keep doing this. I can keep loving people because I know who's going to exalt me. I know who's going to lift me up. I know who's going to do that. Now, confession time. I am not that person. I doubt many of us are. Like, I live with this constant battle on the inside, and it's between two people. One of them's like a performance addict, and the other one's a people pleaser. And they're constantly battling with each other. So even when I do love people, and when I do serve people, if I'm not careful, if my mindset isn't like that of Christ, one of those two people on the inside is getting fed. Either I'm going to love you, I'm going to love you, I'm going to love you so that someone notices and promotes me, or I'm going to love people, I'm going to love people, I'm going to keep on loving people because like, I, I, I just want to please, I just want to do the right thing, I just want to... Jesus didn't seem to have any of that turmoil because he knew who was going to promote him. I love this. I'm going to skip forward a little bit. It says... It says this about Jesus when he was washing the disciples' feet. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe and put on his apron. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the feet of disciples. I love it. Because he knew he was from God and he was going back to God, he was free to do even something as minging as washing 12 dudes' feet that walked around in sandals in the, in the early New Testament where there was probably all sorts all over the road. Jesus was free to love people in that way because he knew he was from God and he knew he was going back to God. So the quickest way to eliminate the, the mind battle on the inside of loving people and loving people and being that breath of fresh air is remembering that you are totally 
from God and you're going back to God and right now you belong to him as well. So <laughs> it's, it totally frees you up. I know if Jesus was a sinful bloke, I imagine that healing people, raising dead people, setting people free from sin would have been, all been really great ways to get ahead in life. Like talk about like if you want to perform, like they're pretty good ways of doing If you can do that, that's, a pr- that, that's pretty good. Like if you want to people please, healing them, raising them from the dead and setting them free from sin are all really good ways to go about it if you want that. But he didn't. He just loved and served, whether a multitude or a one or a two, all the way to the cross, knowing that he was from God and he was going to God. Because he was loved by God, he was totally free to be a fresh breath of fresh air all the time. Because he was at, his identity was completely wrapped up in that, in who he was in Christ, in God, sorry. <laughs> Getting all muddled up. But because he was wrapped up in that, his identity was in God. He was free, totally free to just keep loving people and loving people and loving people. And if your identity is in God, which it totally can be because of what he's done for you, you'll be free to be that breath of fresh air. Let me just summarize by saying this. Hopefully, if I haven't butchered it too much, you can see a little bit why the four values underneath our value of love people are the way they are. They're real relevant, relational, and robust. To be what I'm talking about, to be that breath of fresh air, to really love people, you have to be real, like with yourself, before anybody else. Like, I have to be real with me. What's stopping me from loving people? What's stopping me from being that breath of fresh air? You have to be relevant. Like, loving people is not a one-time thing. It's a constant and current lifestyle. It's it's like an all-the-time attitude. To have that mindset of Christ. You have to be relational. It's really difficult to love people that you're not in relationship with. How on earth do you do that? How do you love and serve people that you don't know? But when you're relational with people, you're free to be that breath of fresh air to them. And you have to be robust. Really, this is the main one today. You have to be willing to think of yourself less. Secure in who you are as Christ robust in that, in your position, so that you can be a breath of fresh air to every single one around you and give them that flavor of God. So if you want to be that breath of fresh air, if you want to provide people with a glimpse of good living, if you want to carry the light-giving message into the night of people's lives, think about yourself the way Christ thought of himself, constantly willing to abandon his position in order to love people, to constantly serve, then serve, then serve some more. And finally, have your identity so wrapped up in God that you're completely free to serve in the shadows as well as out in the open of people's lives. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 